This week's episode of Aussie Tech is brought to you by Start New Company. Register your company immediately today with ASIC. ABN, TFN, GST registration is also available directly from the portal. Also set up your family trust and self-managed superannuation fund and more. All at startnewcompany.com.au. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash startnewco and keep an eye out for our regular specials. Start your new company now within 10 minutes of lodgement. All legal company documentation provided after registration. startnewcompany.com.au Also brought to you by aghwebhosting.com.au. All our servers are operating on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, and more. Easy install WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, and 300 other one-click installations. Generous space and bandwidth, auto backups, WordPress help and maintenance plans are also available on contact. If your webpage is important for your business or your life, contact us today. Aussie support, secure services, aghwebhosting.com.au. And now for the show. He managed to get himself in the start. <laughs> Welcome to episode 676 of the Aussie Tech Heads, recorded on the 7th of May, 2020. I'm your host, Jason Oakley, and this is my co-host, Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. How goes it? Good. Who is that bloke? I don't know. Some, some, just... some ghost voice from the past that doesn't really exist anymore has come back to haunt us. I don't know. Some guy who thinks he runs a show or something. I don't know. <laughs> He's just taken over. Yeah, well, you know. Everybody misses him. They're always like, where's the Glenn? The Glenn. Is that like, <laughs> is that Even like... Glenn, yeah. yeah. Glenn's like, where's Glenn? <laughs> when's Glenn going to be on? Well, you'll just have to wait. Won't you, son? Settle down. <laughs> this is our show now. That's it, yeah. You have to get in line. We're Australia's two top podcasters. <laughs> Did you see that bloke at the start? He's got the same jumper as me. I reckon he must have stole it. <laughs> You know they it's can make more there. of one thing, you know. What? <laughs> Mind blown. So I have to uh, just say, if you hear strange squeaking noises in the background, it's my 3D printer. Um, I started printing and then went, I shouldn't have done that. i got a show. But anyway, it's too late now. So, <laughs> And if I suddenly disappear and run off and go and rescue it, it's because something's gone pear-shaped and it's trying to like kill itself. So, <laughs> so it's not supposed to be printing in the shape of a pear then? <laughs> Um, the irony is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you been? Good? Yeah, not too bad. Hot and cold. I'll tell you what, we're getting uh, three and four degree nights and we're getting, what is it at the moment, 20, 28 degrees. So I've got still, a jumper on. <laughs> yeah, it was 30, some odd, 31 or something today. Like, it's just, it's stupid. Oh, jeez. But it's, it's all right. But yeah, it's Queensland for and, you. Well, that's it, exactly. Just plodding along, you know, same old God zone. So, it's, uh, been, I've been trying to print. I've got new filament and some new uh, PTFE and some new um, hot ends and a few bits and pieces. And like all good scientific experiments to figure out exactly what the problem was and why things weren't working properly, I changed everything at once. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you've got a hot end, you might see the doctor about that. I think that's what started the whole problem. My hot end got <laughs> they got blocked. creams for that, you know. My, hand, my hot end got blocked and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> Need more fibre, son, more fibre. So, what have you been up to? Me? Nothing much. I've ordered some stuff from the UK like six weeks ago. I'm still waiting for it. I didn't send it express because the Australian dollar is shite. Mm-hmm. And so everything is double. I wanted to buy a Spectrum Spectrum computer from eBay and they're like 90 pounds. And I'm like, that's good. And they're like, that's $180. I'm like, okay. Plus it's $120 postage from the UK. What? Plus it's another 
$60 on top of that for import. What? <laughs> okay, I'm not going to buy one of those. I was talking to one of the guys today and he's like, I'll happily sell it for, to you for just the 90 pounds if you send it to one of your friends and they post it to you. But all of those prices are determined by eBay. He said he hasn't put any postage price on there at all. He'll post it for free to anyone I know in the UK. Yeah. And then they can package it up and send it off to me at whatever price it is. But he said all of those prices <clears throat> are just made up by eBay and they're all like, 120 to 160 dollars just for postage and then another 60 70 dollars on top of that for import duty or something and don't forget and, you got to pay gst on that now too so i'm like maybe i'll just stick with my emulators <laughs> yeah it's absolutely stupid like even um uh the dollar like it's affecting us in some ways too like obviously importing containers and stuff like that like you just the dollar drops and you pay a certain amount for the stock, but the worst part is when it lands in the country, you pay import duty. But you pay import duty based on what the dollar is when it lands, not what you paid for the stock in the first place. So you might pay... And, like, I, I got caught out once. I paid 980 dollars for stock to come in. Or for, it was from personal import, but like 980 bucks for stuff to come in. But by the time I, between when I ordered it and when it came in, the dollar had dropped, so it was over $1,000 AU. Then it got hit with import duty because it was over $1,000 AU. And then the import duty was based on the over $1,000 AU price instead of the $980 price that it was originally. So it ended up costing me another, you know, $140, $150 on top of the, the money I'd already paid just because the government wanted their cut of something that had nothing to do with in the first place. Thanks, government. Grubberment. Doing great with our dollar and everything, ain't ya? Uh, it's one way to put it. Not the way I'd put it, but you know, it's one way to put it. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, but we've decided we've got to get a new solar system. Yep. Our How big one, is that? Our other one just sort of intermittently works occasionally when it feels like it. Try unblurring yourself. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Autofocus for the win. So where'd you get? Trina um, Honey? No, so I'm doing um, a 10.5 kilowatt system. Um, we were going to do just a 6.5, uh, and we were looking into it, and there was only a $1,000 difference between a 6.5 and a 10.5. So it's like. Any battery? Uh, it's a hybrid inverter. Um, yep. I didn't get a battery with it, and I'm not sure whether I'm going to or not. We'll sort of wait and see, but um, yeah. Can't... I think I saw a Facebook memory come up recently that I'd said, oh, I've got a hybrid inverter, and someone's like, well, they all are, so no, I was not. like, what? No, they're not. <laughs> not? <laughs> they are starting to become more prolific now, but when you got yours, hybrid inverters weren't really common. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking, but I thought somebody had mentioned on there, no, they're all hybrid inverters set up. It's like, okay. <laughs> So, but yeah, no, it's, I got the hybrid inverter and we'll see whether or not I go batteries. It's not like I have trouble getting batteries. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. Just go out the back shed. Well, that's the thing. I've still got the off-grid system set up, which runs the fridge and the washing machine and the freezer and a few other bits and pieces. So really the only thing that would run of a night would be like the fans and the lights anyway. And it uses that little power that it's probably not even worth because everything's running off my battery backup off-grid system that I use anyway and I'll still keep using that so it's you know it's probably not going to no make problem. that much difference really yeah. so but I found a uh, most people are paying nine or ten cents feeding tariff found a mob that's doing 18 cents ah. so I just signed up with them so that's going to start in effect about the same time the new system's going to go on the roof so that'll be good yeah and, uh, Mine's been doing 20, but my um, special deal ends, I think it's August this year, so I'll have to see what happens then. Mm. I rang, um, <clears throat> one of my friends recommended, what was the name of it? Uh, uh, there's, there's a few. I remember now. And they, he said, just send your bill to them and see what they can do. And they're like, well, you could come to us and it'd be an extra $100 per quarter. Because yeah. we can't beat that. But give us a call again in uh, August when your special contract runs out and then we'll have a look. Mm. Well, that's part of the problem. See, Queensland doesn't have a minimum tariff, whereas most other states do. So 
Um, most people are paying between eight and nine cents in Queensland. Ah, it's very I common. Think that's on so, like thirteen or something. Yeah, some of the older ones. There's still some of the old twenty fifty cent plans getting around. Yeah, I think like twenty twenty five they all expire, something like that. So there's still a few people who people who I tell you what the people who are making the money are the ones who got the ten kilowatt systems on a fifty five cent rebate. Yeah, they're literally getting thousands nice. of dollars a month. Nice. <laughs> you know, like that's, you know. Yeah, this, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a community one and they actually put a battery somewhere in the area near your home and any excess goes to that battery and then they sell it back to people who are a member of the community cheaper than what they would yeah. get it from the grid. So I remember reading something about that. Is it like cooperative power or something? Uh, I'm going to try and remember. There's something like that. Yeah. My, my emails will have it. But um, yeah, the, there's a whole, there's a few different sort of systems happening. So it's, um, I, I think, like the S, the STPs, which is the tariff, the, the solar rebate tariffs, um, STRs, S. PR, SPR, something like that. Anyway, they're, um, the max they can ever go is like 40, 40% rebate, yep. which is basically 40 cents in the dollar, which is basically how they work. They work on um, on that. But at the moment, because nobody's doing anything, they're at like 39.5 cents. They're the highest they've been in like five years. So they're normally at like 30 cents. So the rebate oh, okay. on solar stuff at the moment is really, really high. <clears throat> so that's why we decided to go ahead and do it. Yeah. So... But yes. Um, oh, here we go. Anova uh, Energy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so many, so many different ones around. Anova, Anova Energy, providing world class renewable energy systems, design, installation services, Victoria wide. Yeah, so good luck with that. They do it here too now. <laughs> that was where they started. <laughs> that's like, when's it? Uh, back when Rascal was a thing, had yep. Rascal Internet and Rascal Power, and they were only like they started off in like Northern Territory or something, and then like every three months they'd managed to get into another state somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. Rascal, I don't think they're hmm. around anymore. I was uh, with them for a while. Got bought by someone. Um, yeah, they amalgamated into like IONet or something. Ah, uh, yeah. You mean TPG? <laughs> Well, it wasn't back then. Um, alrighty. Speaking of which, no. How's a segue? Vodafone Hutchison Australia announced on Thursday has received approval from Australia's Foreign Investment Review Board for the telco to merge with TPG. Once completed, the merger of the two companies under TPG moniker would create a fifteen billion dollar entity. Under the terms of the deal, 50.1% of the company will be owned by Vodafone Australia shareholders and 49.9% by TPG shareholders, respectively, with current Vodafone chief Inaki Barota to serve as CEO and current TPG chief David Teo to serve as chair. The merger is now another significant step closer to reality and we're progressing our plans to bring the two companies together mid-year. The scheme booklet would be released in coming weeks and submitted to TPG shareholders for approval. Australia will soon have a third fully fled, fully integrated telecommunications company for the first time. Upon the conclusion of the deal, Hutchison Telecoms Australia will own 25.05% of the new company. Also speaking on Thursday, Hutchison Australia Chair Fucking Ming <laughs> said the new entity right, would have better offerings across Vodafone. We're off YouTube. <laughs> YouTube just booted us off. That's it. We're done forever. <laughs> it's his name. It's not my fault. I'm pretty sure that's a that's a Kevin Wilson joke in there, something. It must be. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Merge together. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was always going to happen, really. The, the, this whole thing about um, they're supposed to have, you know, make sure that when mergers happen, you don't end up with you know, massive conglomerates that are going to rule the world and stuff. But, I mean, it, it, they it's don't care. At the end of the day, it's like, well, either we buy them out or they go broke and then we buy them out. Like, yeah, take your choice. <laughs> it's, 
It's they're either way, they're gonna buy it. Like it's not like it's a big deal. Yeah. Um Go to Aussie Broadband, it's better than all of them. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> so um so last week we we're talking about how Apple and Google had released their own COVID apps, but the UK and Australia decided that they're not good enough for the rest of the world and they need their own. Um, so our crappy, useless... So the Apple and Google said, look, at the end of this thing, we're going to destroy all the data and it'll be gone and dusted and forgotten about and no, you know the program will go away. The Australian government hasn't said that. They at no point said that they're going to get rid of it the, and they're just going to continue to use it for tracking. But um, <clears throat> experts have come out I use the term experts slightly because um, they're not really... When they say experts, a lot of the time they mean like, um, you know, either they either mean hackers or they mean like somebody's granddad discovered it by accident. That's usually when they <laughs> what they mean when they say experts. <laughs> but they're so basically, we were talking about how last week the uh, Apple uh, variant is effectively useless because it doesn't work unless yep. the app is at the forefront. Turned on, Bluetooth and, turned on, and the app is running. And don't lock your phone. Yeah. So the COVID app doesn't work on the on iPhones, um, as as even though the government said it would. Are <laughs> uh, <laughs> tech experts, experts surprised? No, not in the slightest. After all, that was the way it was always going to happen. Um, what remains questionable is why the politicians chose not to communicate these issues clearly with Australians anyway. <laughs> Um, but the point is to, prove, to to warn you about someone who's got COVID, but if it doesn't work... Yeah, well, that's it. And I mean, they're basically saying that um, they've spent almost $2 million on the on the Apple app. Yeah. Um, and doesn't work effectively. They There's could that... give me $2 million to do nothing. Yeah, I know. I right? can write an app that doesn't work for $2 million. So... There's a whole thing here goes on about why it doesn't work and stuff like that. But effectively, it doesn't work because that's the way that Apple phones work. The, the, what it's trying to do is exactly how they don't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like they've literally written a program designed to fail specifically on iPhones. Yeah. Um, but the Android one doesn't fare much better. Oh. So there's an, there's this guy, oh, his name's standing here somewhere. But they've used the same photo. <laughs> I just realized that. So there's a photo in here of uh, wherever it is. Oh, it's now turned into a video. There you go. Yeah. But so they basically, this guy, Jim Massad, the software developer who discovered the bug. So he was explaining to his family and friends why they should install the app. And then he started going through it. And then he actually started to read the terms of service and the user thing. And then he looked at how it installed and what it did when it installed. And then he told everybody they shouldn't install it. Um, basically several reasons but one of the biggest ones is that the app's not locked down it's vulnerable because it uses random keys but the random keys don't only update when the phone restarts Um, so the phone the app is continually using the one key to communicate and if that key is discovered then you can use it to physically track somebody Um, especially in the case of domestic violence stuff like that it could be a major threat so basically he's uh, among other issues there's multiple issues but that's the biggest one he's you know, the biggest breach he's found. So basically, the experts are saying do not install the app under any circumstances, either whether you have iPhone or Android. Um, and so I, have you installed it, Mr. T? On my work phone, yes. But yep. the, the irony of that is I installed it just to have a play with to see what it was. Uh, and installed and it wanted all these other permissions, like it wanted to use 3G and 4G data and GPS tracking and Bluetooth, which I get because it needs that for the program. But then I wanted access, access to my camera and my microphone and my SD card and all this other stuff that it doesn't <laughs> need access to. Um, and then I went to fire it up the other day just to look at it because I hadn't really played with it. Went to fire it up the other day and the um, anti-malware on my phone won't let it run. <laughs> Good. <laughs> So, yeah, but... Um, Did you get the text spam from the government saying, hey, install our COVID app? And no. they sent it to everyone. No, I didn't get it. Oh, no. yeah, got it sent. Text message, please no. install the COVID. I'm like, are you serious? I'm I didn't not get going it. to do the, that. The work front didn't get it. Son didn't get it. No, but I know. Actually, I don't know. You're the only person I know who's got it. 
It's on the 4th of May. Coronavirus Australian government message. Help us to keep you safe and ease restrictions by downloading the COVID safe app now. You see the thing that they, no. they put through the other day saying, there is to be no coercion to make people install the app. How about no, Scotty? <laughs> How about no? Yes. They, I also had the old COVID app that just tells you information about COVID and it had alerts going off. Install the new COVID app. Install it. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm deleting you now. I get it on uh, on YouTube when I load yeah. up my YouTube. Um, because they use your Gmail profile, so obviously they track you that way. And when I load up YouTube, it has at the top, install the COVID application. I'm like, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Especially given I'm using YouTube on my computer. Yep. That's that's really not I'm not gonna click that link. No, just Are you not smart <laughs> enough to know? <laughs> if I haven't installed it by now <laughs> It's not gonna happen. Do you really think I'm gonna install it either? <laughs> Stop yeah. trying to make COVID app happen. That's it. It's not going to happen. It's about as it's about as you know, true the information being spread about that's about as information as being spread about the actual COVID. So, you know, they're on par with each other, so you're making it worse. Yeah, pretty much. New research from Barracuda Networks has revealed that cyber criminals are increasingly using the official recapture walls to disguise malicious content from email security systems and trick unsuspecting users. Recapture walls are typically used to verify human users before allowing access to web content. Thus, sophisticated scammers are beginning to use the Google-owned service to prevent automated URL analysis systems from accessing the actual content of phishing pages and to make phishing sites more believable in the eyes of the victim. In fact, security solutions provider observed a single phishing campaign that sent out 128,000 emails to a variety of organizations and employees using recapture walls to conceal fake Microsoft login pages. The campaign used the lure of voicemail receipt to fool users into solving the recapture wall before being redirected to the malicious page with any login info entered then sent straight to the scammers. Steve Peake, UK Systems Engineer Manager at Barracuda Networks, explained that users are particularly susceptible to phishing attacks at the same time, at the current time due to mass remote working and large numbers of COVID-19 themed scams. In this difficult time, it's no surprise to see that cyber scammers are seeking increasingly sophisticated methods of stealing login credentials and data from unsuspecting remote workers. I love this one. Jonathan Tanner, Senior Security Researcher at Barracuda Network, said, the most important step in protecting against malicious recapture walls is to educate users about the threat that they know how to be cautious instead of assuming recapture is a sign that the page is safe. You know what <laughs> else you can't use as a sign this pages safe and I'd been mentioning it earlier this year but in my job which is anti-spam anti-scam is that I was saying look if you go to make up a bank fake website you want to encrypt it so that it looks legit right but nobody was encrypting it so now I said I wonder what would happen if they use let's encrypt <laughs> which is free encryption certificates auto renewing for websites and now they are so in my daily job dealing with scams and spam and stuff i'm now seeing links that look like a legit thing like a wells fargo bank dot crap dot com or whatever and it's using let's encrypt to encrypt the page so people would be like oh it's got an encrypted lock up the top mm -hmm. therefore it must be legit but you can't go by that anymore nope because the scammers are using the Let's Encrypt. And the other thing that's interesting is I got a um, SMS. Your ComBank is your ComBank has is in breach. Please click this link to go to the mobile app to install the app to reactivate your account. Ah. So they're sending random text messages to people to tell them to install a random app off the App Store. Um, yep. Well, actually, it's not off, off the App Store. When you follow the link, it takes you to a website, and it does the. Um, you've got to do the. They explain on the website how you go allow into third the, party yeah, installs. They explain on the website how you go into allow third party installs, and yes, that's perfectly safe to do so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can trust us. We're yeah. the internet. Yeah, people and can't lie on the internet. So you go and do that, and then you log in, and it asks you for your. Um, you put in your credit card 
details to activate the activate the app. Yeah, and then you, um, yeah, then you basically say, "Oh, I authorize you to take the money out of my account to make sure it's legit and stuff like that." <laughs> you basically literally give them your credit card and say, "Here, go nuts." Yeah, and Would, did they did they take all your money? Well, I haven't got any. So, oh. <laughs> what? Mom, they, sucked in scabbers. <laughs> they're gonna be very, very disappointed when they try that one. But you can have my twenty-five cents, lol. <laughs> the funny thing is that the um, I'm not even with the Commonwealth Bank. Like, it's, yep. it's going to be hit and miss to start with. That who's going to <laughs> even accept it, and then once you get somebody to accept it, it's going to be hit and miss as to whether they're going to do anything with it. Yep. You mean I have to go and change my security settings, man? This Commonwealth Bank app is too complicated to yeah. use. They probably ring them up. Lady Commonwealth Bank, look, I tried to install your new app after I got that text message and it's too much. What the hell is a third-party install? Why am I allowing it? <laughs> you bastards suck. Yeah. They're like, what? I saw on uh, Twitter one of the people I follow on there who lives in Melbourne got a text today. It was like from... ANZSecureServices.com. <laughs> sure it was. Log into your ANZ account. And I had a look, and that's I think that was one of them. I don't remember the exact URL. It wasn't there was like that, but not that one exactly. But it was let's encrypted as well when you click on the link. And so I blocked that in our systems from anyone getting it. But um if they don't use our services, they might end up getting that uh spam and uh ANZ. He tagged ANZ on Twitter and they said, thanks for warning us about this scam. We're going to add it to notify our customers if they come across it and stuff like that. So watch out, people. They want your money. I'm just trying to find the... Uh, I might need to do it another way. I There's a video on YouTube that... Uh, here we go. It does. It's still working too. <laughs> so basically this guy has figured out the YouTube system to the point where um, oh, you can't see it, dang it. What if I do this? Does it show? No. Hmm. Okay. How am I going to do this? I'll go back to this screen. So this video here, right? This video yep. has 10,306,266 views. Yep. And you click on it and you look at the view account and you can't see it's off the screen there, but it has... 10 million, you know, whatever views. Yep. And this guy has figured out an algorithm that lets every time someone hits that title, it changes that to the actual amount of people who are watching, who have watched <laughs> this video. Um, it doesn't know. It's been working for a month so far. It doesn't know how long it's going to work for. But yep. yeah, like it, it, he's figured out how to actively make the title change interactively. I would like 10 million views on my shows. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, although it's more than most of his videos. I think it's just because people keep coming back to see if it's still working. Yeah. But if you... Does, he's got another video in here. Uh, he's got another video in here that um, has... Um, where is it? Uh, somewhere. I have to find it. But it's done the same thing, but you can tweet a hashtag... And it updates his title of his video with that hashtag. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like most of his videos have got like a million or two, you know, around a million views. But this one's got, yeah, 10, 10 million. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, it's really interesting the way he's figured out the the way it works. He doesn't actually tell. He, he gives you a rough idea of how it works. Yep. But he doesn't actually specifically tell you um, how it works. Uh. But he does a lot of stuff with messing with YouTube algorithms. Like he's done another video here that he's completely messes with the compression algorithm in YouTube and makes the video almost unwatchable. And um, <laughs> you know, he does a lot of stuff. Um, how the he's worked out how the clickbaiting part of it works, and he's worked out how the algorithms work. And <laughs> but. Um, but no, I just thought that was really fascinating that you you can actively do. That. I mean, that'd be cool having it set up, you know, as a Twitter or something like that, where you could literally go in and, you know, every time a viewer watched it, they'd tweet their own 
or it'd read the yeah. Most... Wait till fortune gets there. <laughs> We'd have to have certain precautions in place. It's but... gonna be renamed Dick Butt. <laughs> yeah, no, you'd have to have precautions in place, but um, you know, have it set up so that it, it automatically like the title becomes the last comment or something like you know. <laughs> so I just thought that was pretty cool. Just a nice, you know, interesting little little trick, but I just thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So. Um, oh, what have I done? Where's my no? You lost oh, yourself. Ser- I just closed my show. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go on with the story? Yeah, well, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Privacy experts have blasted the Home Affairs Department for a data breach revealing the personal details of 774,000 migrants and people aspiring to migrate to Australia, including partial names of the out and outcome of applications. At a time the federal government is asking Australians to trust the security of data collected by its COVID-safe <laughs> contact tracing app, yeah, sure. privacy experts are appalled by the breach, which they say is just the latest in a long line of cybersecurity blunders. The department's Skill Select platform, hosted by the Employment Department, invites skilled workers and business people to express an interest in migrating to Australia. Expressions of interest are stored for two years and displayed on a publicly available app advertised on the Home Affairs website, allowing them to receive invitations for skilled work visas. With just two clicks, users of the app can view a range of fields, including the applicant's AD user ID, a unique identifier composed of partial name information and numbers. Other information available includes the applicant's birth country, age, qualifications, marital status, and the outcome of the applications. By applying multiple filters, the user could narrow down expression of interest to a single entity uh, revealing the other details of the applicant. So good on you, Australian government. You're really good at this security, what even is. <laughs> Let's just stick it in a plain text file up on the web and let anyone have it. Um, <sighs> there's just been an update that's just come out on my feed about talking about the Apple and the Google apps. Yep. Apple and Google are going to ban third-party location tracking apps that having to do with the coronavirus like the australian government one <laughs> the two who operating system and power 99 percent of smartphones uh, are working together to create their own um and because they don't trust any of the governments the company's plan only to allow their own <laughs> applications so all these people have just gone through and installed it and they're about to get them muked anyway <laughs> womp, womp. On, on the next update that comes through <laughs> thank you apple and google for saving us from our own government so the Apple talk, the Apple still work. It just won't have access to anything. It won't allow GPS data. It won't be allowed um, Bluetooth data. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, the app still functions. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so that that's literally just come through on my feed as an update. So that's how hilarious. <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny. Like normally, you know, they they must be just really annoyed that the government's like we don't want to use your app they're like well i don't care <laughs> it's our operating system it's our app you yeah. can don't have to use it if you don't want to but <laughs> we're holding all the cards good luck bucko bring your own uh bring your own you know bring your own os <laughs> <laughs> they'll have to get onto the new huawei os and yeah <laughs> uh, um just another quick one. Apple updates its 13-inch MacBook Pro. Kind of. Hey. Sort of. Maybe. The entry-level one. Other than getting the new keyboard, because the new keyboard is the scissor-style one rather than the magic keyboard that everybody hated. Um, but the new, brand-new, entry-level MacBook Pro is the like old mid-range macbook pro so it's like the standard storage um eight gig of ram 250 256 gig spinning disc um the eighth generation processor 3.9 or whatever it is and that's the they just um, put a sticker on the mid-range one called it the budget one and <laughs> yeah pretty much and that's um two grand for that one. It's and, good innovation, Apple. Good on you. And then the top of the range one has a terabyte SSD 
Um, 10th gen 4.1 or 4.2 gig processor and 64. Uh, I thought, no, I think it's 128 gig of RAM it'll handle. Um, and that's three grand. So, you know, so for three grand, you can have a three year old PC. Yay! Don't tell yeah. Eric, we'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> oh, dear. Is he still alive too? Um, yeah, I saw a tweet or something the other day from him, so he's still kicking. Ah, he'd be he'd be flat out at the moment trying to work out all the ins and outs of these these random laws that keep getting passed at the moment. <laughs> How fun would that be? Oh, like okay, so you've got to do you've got you can access this thing, but you can't access this payment because that payment was wrong, and then you're a dollar over that month, so you can't access to this payment. But if you go two dollars less next month, you can access this payment. Yeah, take all like your fun. money out of your super because you won't need that when you retire. Yeah, well, I'm not eligible for that. Super, my with you know the ten grand withdrawal. Yeah, I can't do that. I haven't uh. lost. I haven't lost twenty percent income, so not yet. Anyway, not yet. I was reading somewhere that if you take ten thousand out now, then by the time you retire, you're probably down like hundred, two hundred thousand. Huh? Who gets that sort of return on investment? If you take ten grand out now, you're probably down maybe twenty five. Twenty five. You know, but the thing is, you take ten grand out now. You take ten grand out first of June. You throw yep. it in a bank somewhere for, or throw it under the mattress for twelve months till things stabilise. Then throw it in the bank. You know, for twelve months, and you've made your money back off the interest anyway. There you go. So it's, it's not like it's a big deal. But if I had the option, I'd definitely be taking it out and just just sitting on it for twelve months just to make sure. You know, Invested in Apple stocks that always goes up. Uh, honestly, Tesla stocks, they're going nuts at the moment. They would want to after he wiped <laughs> off like what was it, ten billion dollars off the value? Because <laughs> he said, you know what, I reckon that the Telstra stocks are way price way too high. Oh, everyone goes jump. <laughs> there goes the value. That was intentional. You realize that? Everything he does is, isn't it? Yep. He's a very, very smart man, despite what people say or mind you, I don't Even know. Even if about you that. call your baby <laughs> X A E A twelve. Yeah, okay. Apart from that <laughs> Somebody was talking about that on Facebook and they go, What a terrible name for a baby. I said, Is it really any worse than Dweezel or Moon Unit? Yeah. You know, that's it or, or Scout. Lavender Rose or something. Yeah, that's like Lula does the hula in Hawaii. In his defense, he's not very good at naming. I mean, he does have the boring company. He does have the space. Not company. a flamethrower. Like, yeah, his his naming conventions leave a little to be desired. So that was kind of <laughs> going to be expected, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I said he's a smart man, not a not a. <laughs> not a not a good naming man, you know. He's good like, at employing smart. He's a sort to of guy. Smart things for him. He's a sort of guy who goes shopping and buys, you know, fluffy slippers and a and a and a, a vest and a suit to go with it, you know, like this. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then some something to smoke to make him a bit happy as well. Well, the new, um, I mean, he's doing great. The new, the China Tesla factory has just opened, and the ah. Tesla battery factory in China is about to open. Yep. Um, and that's so that's going to really tank the lithium prices in China, which is great because we're going to get good quality lithium cells coming out of te- out of China at, at a reasonable price. Oh, nice! Um, everybody bags China, but we need them. They're part of our core for industry. We can be much more self reliant on many products we design and develop and make in this country, but they'll open a factory to make. I don't know. This spanner here that's pressed out of pressed out of tin out of a sheet yep. tin, they'll open a factory just to make those. That's and they'll all make they'll millions. do. Yeah, that's all they'll do. No other country in the world has that infrastructure to do that, you know. But they will, and it'll work, and they'll make millions and millions of dollars a year out of it. And then in twenty years' time, when there's no call for these, they'll make them Repurpose. half an inch bigger and do something else with them, like. You can't let us get our Xiaomi's and Huawei's. We want them. Yeah, you can't compete with that. Are they the best product? And that's the thing. In some situations, yes, they actually are very, very high, good quality, superior products. 
Yeah. Um, some of the batteries we sell on a regular, and some of our best-selling batteries that we've sold for the last fifteen plus years, come from one particular manufacturer over there, who is known worldwide for making some of the best quality batteries in the world. And under various names, American companies and other companies buy these batteries and rebranch them. There's no other, there's no manufacturers in the world that can make the quality of batteries that these guys do, because they've been doing it for forty years. That's all they do, and half of the workers who started there are still there, <laughs> so <laughs> they know how to do it. You know, their quality is second to none. But that same factory also makes really, really dodgy and crappy quality batteries. If you ask them to, we'll make so, what you want. Yeah. So they'll make the quality of battery that you specify and that's not their fault. That's our fault because we want cheap, nasty and quick and they'll do that. But the thing is, it's not that much cheaper between, there's only say 20% difference between the super high quality one and the really low quality one. And yet people will want the low quality one and by the time we get it, there's only 5% difference in price. Yeah. Even though there's twenty percent difference at the manufacturing end. Profit. And they'll take the five percent over quality. And it's like yeah. you're the reason that this is a thing. <laughs> you know, and it's it's uh, I know I'm ranting, but it's the same thing with you get a small operation like our, our shop. It's a, a one man operation, like it, we you know, we're not a massive store. But you get people coming in, oh, can you do a better price? It's like we're already the cheapest in town. Why am I going to make it even cheaper? <laughs> you don't go to Woolworths and say, hey, can I have a better price? No, but you'll go to the little local fruit vendor on the corner and go, hey, give me a better price. Like, yeah. That's not the mentality to have. The, the mentality, opposite. You know, the opposite. Yeah. Or, or you go to, you know, you'll go, oh, we're going to be getting these in. And like, oh, but I can get those down the road for that price. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> go <laughs> like, down the road and get it. You know, that's not the point. <laughs> it, you know, we're already selling high quality products cheaper than anybody else. I'm not going to give you a discount because you're not a trade or a bulk customer. If you buy 10 of it, yes, I'll give you a discount, but I'm not giving you a discount on one and never seeing you again. Yeah. And if you're offended by that, then go down the road to a big store and pay twice as much for the same product. And if I did, you, you know. tell your five friends who are now going to expect the same discount for nothing. Yeah. You know, like, I don't mind, you know. I'm, I'm not, not shooting myself in the foot for you. <laughs> No, it, it's it's not like if we were more expensive for the same product, then yes, absolutely, I don't mind, you know. But when we're already cheaper than everybody else in the area for the same product, don't come in and ask for a discount, you know, because it ain't going to happen. And then you go, oh, but I can go and buy it online for three dollars less. I said, well, if you go, do it. Then then good luck getting a warranty and good luck. You're right. Hang on, hang on. How much is it? That one seventy dollars, right? Eighty dollars yeah. discounted to seventy, like they do in the shopping yeah, centres. You know right. when you go in, they're like on special this week for four dollars, and you lift it up. Last week it was three dollars <laughs> fifty, but this week it's on special for four dollars. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes, it's on special. I'll buy it. You know, and one of the one of the other guys down the road is offering a trade-in. They're offering fifteen dollars on a battery for a trade-in. Yep. But that same battery with the fifteen dollar trade-in is still sixty dollars dearer than we're selling it for. So people come to us and buy the battery $60 cheaper and then ask if they're going to get the $15 training. <laughs> I'm like, yes, but it'll cost you an extra $15. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't give you $15 and be cheaper. <laughs> you can have one or the other. One or the other. <laughs> if, you, if you want your $15, that's fine, but I'll just have to charge an extra $15 for the battery. No problem. <laughs> you know, like... Oh, it's just so frustrating, but that, unfortunately, that mentality is the exact reason China's doing as well as they are. Yeah. You know, having said that, China makes some outstanding products, and they they always will, and they have the ability to. And there's no real reason for that to change because a lot of that infrastructure they have in place, nobody can replicate. Yeah. We can't replicate the ability to produce a million rolls of PLA filament. A day. Nobody's going to open a factory in Australia just to do that because no. you can't. You can't have a workforce and a, and a factory and just to do that. It, it just won't work in this country, you know. So there's always going to be a place for China and Chinese products, and I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with them owning the lithium mines and the lead mines and the copper mines and 
and the recycling, all the major recycling plants are all owned by the Chinese, all owned by Chinese corporations, which means they control the pricing infrastructure and they control lead, for example. Like Century Batteries say their batteries are made in Australia. Well, okay, they're assembled in Australia, but they're assembled using Chinese plastic, Chinese copper and Chinese lead because we don't have the infrastructure here to produce it. So whilst they're made here, you're paying a premium for a Chinese battery, effectively, because it's it's all Chinese products. So Australia's it, only good at closing down factories, not yeah, starting up new ones. That's right. And we don't have the raw materials. Even our steel, we get we have some of the most pure iron and some of the best quality steel in the world. But it gets Which sent we over, send to China. Yeah, we send over to China for their for them to tweak it and send it back at twice the price. And then we buy our own stuff back. <laughs> yeah. So that part of it I have issue with. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and the whole way they're importing food through New Zealand and calling Australian food and that sort of stuff I, I have major issue with. And landowners and owning farms and water reserves and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't have issue with them running an amazingly productive country. Yeah. I... I it's like saying, you know, you're never going to buy a Harley-Davidson again because you don't like the way Americans do business. It's irrelevant. They, they make a fine product at a price point that they, people want to buy. So it doesn't have, a, you know, like you can buy it or not. It doesn't phase them. They're going to continue to produce that. If our piddly little 7 million people or 9 or however many million people we've got in this country now, our little tiny population goes, hey, we don't want any Chinese products. Like, yeah, no worries. Yeah, <laughs> we don't care. Yeah, we'll stop selling you everything. Yeah. You can't have natural resources. You can't have, <laughs> you know, anything. So just be careful. You might actually get what you wish for, and then yep. that's going to be a problem. <laughs> you know, all these solar panels and and inverters and all these power lines and telecommunication lines and optic fiber and water pipe and cell towers. Yeah, and um, you know, most of the things in your house, the gyp rock, the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good luck um good luck not having China involved in any of that at any point. Yep. <laughs> anyway, you got your story? You left me now. <laughs> How can I take on that? <laughs> Cloudflare has been a long trusted service used to accelerate and protect websites from attack. Two years ago, Cloudflare launched a secure, a secure free fast DNS service 1.1.1.1 to help people surf more privately on the internet. Today, the company processes more than 200 billion DNS requests per day, making Cloudflare the second largest public DNS resolver around the world behind only Google. Now Cloudflare has expanded its free DNS service with what they call the 1.1.1.1 for families. 1.1.1.2 blocks all known malware and 1.1.1.3 blocks malware and adult content. In the coming months, Cloudflare will provide the ability to define additional configuration settings for 1.1.1.1 for families. This will include options to create specific whitelists and blacklists of certain sites, and you'll be able to set the times of day when categories such as social internet usage. That should be quite uh, useful. You know, I can tell you never listen to these shows after we record them. No? No. You know how <laughs> I know? Yeah. Because I did that story last week. The family thing? Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, forget everything I just said. <laughs> I usually do. So do you, apparently. <laughs> what are you? Well, I did this. At the start of the year, I did last year's story. So I'm catching up. I'm getting closer. How about you do the uh, story about that uh, place that got hacked? Oh, everybody's favourite, you know, because yeah. there's been no scandals go. or go go you know. go. <laughs> it's um, good old fashioned GoDaddy. You know, we love we love GoDaddy. Well, we used to, and then we had this relationship where we refused to use them anymore. Um. Basically, again, GoDaddy, um, the largest, um, somehow is still the world's largest domain name register. I have no idea how that is still a thing. But they're warning customers that attackers may have obtained their web hosting account credentials. Unauthorized, an unauthorized individual who hacked it. Yeah, well, because, you know. They don't let authorized <laughs> ones hack into the system. No, it's called staff when they do it. <laughs> 
An unauthorized individual was able to access users' login details in an inf- intrusion that the company said took place back in October. Wow, they're only just releasing information now. The company told the Post that issues discovered on April 23rd. So it happened in October. They discovered it in April. And announcing it now. Lucky the security's on the ball. <laughs> the company said the breach only affected hosting accounts, not general GoDaddy.com accounts. Um, the company was more than 39 million customers worldwide, but only 28,000 were affected, so that's fine. You know, don't worry. Yeah. Only, only 10%. Or one, no, 1%. No, yeah, half. Yeah, two. Two percent. <laughs> if my maths works, which I don't think it does. But, but when you're the number one biggest, well, two percent is a big number. I mean, don't forget too. It's not the first time. No. They got hacked in October 2019. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, GoDaddy indicates. Also, that the customer accounts were breached in October 2019. However, it's apparently only just now noticed. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, when was... There's another one here in... When was that? 2018? Um, so, yeah. So, there's been... Plus two, there's been that massive... Um, that massive uproar over... Uh, Dana, is it the female NASCAR yeah. chick? Something's happened with her and they blamed her and she blamed them and then she accused them of something and they accused her of something. Jeez. And... <laughs> so the moral of the story is don't use GoDaddy. Yep. <laughs> you know, use Aussie Tech Heads. I mean, okay, you don't have to use Aussie Tech Heads, but use some... Glenn would actually... want you to. I mean, Glenn, Glenn absolutely, you know... I'm... I'm not telling you you have to use them. I mean, I use them and we use them at work. Well, it's <laughs> a funny story. <laughs> when I was in charge of our, inter- our website at work, we were using them. The new experts who have since taken over, because, you know, that's what they do. The first thing they did was change their domains over to GoDaddy, because clearly and... that's what experts do. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they've had nothing but problems ever since, you know, but whatever. Hooray. So... Why would you want an Australian company that you could call any time of day and get them? Would you rather just sit on hold to an international number? That's why I moved all of my stuff to an Australian host. Well, the good news is, at least in their defence, they're Indian. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so don't use GoDaddy is the short, the short answer to that one. That'll solve most of your problems. But if you do, um, you might want to go and change your password. Yep. <laughs> at very least if you can now yeah well if you can get back into your own account to change your password yeah so <laughs> you know, it may not be possible um, anything else from you uh, well I mean I've got lots of stuff but <laughs> 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 you know even I have my limits yeah Anyway, everyone, thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Heads show broadcast weekly. We can be found at facebook.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, twitter.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, and youtube.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Email us, glennwheelwarlock at aussietechheads.com.au. You can hear Aussie Tech Heads on aussietechradio.com. 24-7 back-to-back play of some of the best tech-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. New shows added each Friday. See you next week. Bye.